0: 6:30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at six on 6:30 Chad. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Overtime Open Line is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. Reed, Reed Wilkins,
1: Wilkins on oh, Oilers,
0: Oilers Radio, 6:30. Chad. Uh, he and Yamamoto definitely two of the Oilers'
2: stars. The Oilers win the draw chance right front. They score the aforementioned Tyler Yamamoto's second goal of the game on a beautiful backhand dish from Leon Drysaddle.
3: Tyler Yamamoto, quite a story he is writing in the preseason. Drafted in the first round by the Oilers this summer, 22nd overall. He has four goals in three preseason games, two tonight. Eero Pakarinen also strikes twice. Leon Dreisaitl scores, and the Oilers take down the Vancouver Canucks 5-3 to go to 4-0 in the preseason. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight. Hope your weekend is off to a great start. It's 9-57. My name is Reed Wilkins, joined by our Inside the Game analyst, former NHLer Rob Brown. You can reach us 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. Rob, Tyler Yamamoto. I mean, we, we, we keep talking about it. He keeps getting chances. He keeps scoring. How is he doing it? Well, he's putting himself in a position for success. Uh, he,
4: he's getting into the open areas. We used to call them the quiet areas, finding an area away from a defender that allows him uh, the passing lane puck coming to him and also finding the net. And when he gets the shot, and we talked about it with him after the game, he, he, he works on just hitting the net. It doesn't have to be a bullet. Neither one of his one-timers were particularly strong, but both of them were put on net. And when you put a puck on net, you give yourself a chance to score. But he's just a heady player. He's got a high hockey IQ. He's smart. He he makes smart little plays all around the ice. Uh, He's exciting. And the one thing you were worried about as an offensive player is can he play in his own end? And so far we've seen no
3: reason to think that he's not going to be just as strong in his own end as well. Three games into the preseason, the Oilers have played four. He's played three of them. Obviously, he couldn't play both at the same time on Monday. Though maybe I don't he's know. making us believe he That's could do true. it. That's true. But, I mean, look, it, it, to me, it, it's a positive story. You can obviously talk about the caliber of the competition, but it, if, if it is, you know, inferior guys, AHL guys, still better to stand out against them mm-hmm. than to tend to have a quiet game or a not noticeable game. And the way I look at it with Yamamoto right now, it, he's playing with house money, and the Oilers, with the decision they'll have to make on him, are playing with house money. If they play him the next couple games, and he looks a little tired, or or so what? So he goes to Spokane, and he probably lights it up. If he keeps going and keeps producing, well, then you can just keep rolling him out and see how he does. I mean, it's it's to me, it's a no-lose situation with what he's done.
4: Well, I, I agree, and I think in years gone by here, the Oilers have not been able to make a decision. It was made for them. The Oilers were a bad hockey club. They'd have a young kid come in and stand on his head or come in and play very, very well. And they're like, well, the fans need this. We need this. Organization needs this. He's better than what we have because we're a bad hockey club. We have to keep them. And they kept a lot of players that they didn't have a choice on. Well, right now, the Oilers have a good hockey club. We saw that last year. They're only going to be better this year because they got a year experience with their star players. They can make a decision based on what is best for their team, what is best for their player. They're not going to be pressured into doing anything. If or Yamamoto continues to do what he's doing, continues to impress, and continues to beat out other players that were expected to be here then you can keep him. Start him on at the beginning of the season. See what he's got. you got nine games to play with there as well. Mm-hmm. And it does affect his contract. And then at that point, you make a decision. But the decision right now is one that the Oilers can make. And I don't think they can lose in it. Because if he goes back to junior and has a great year and plays world juniors, gets bigger, gets stronger, comes back with more confidence, great. If he stays here because he's earned the spot. Well, now they can put him in a situation to have success. He doesn't have to carry anyone here. When Taylor Hall came and played, he had to be a star here right away. Yamamoto doesn't have to because they already got superstars here.
3: Yeah, it's going to be fun. I, I, I think he's going to play again tomorrow. I mean, why not give him both games? Another little test, see how he handles NHL back-to-backs. I, I would think, yes, the puglio will be in the lineup tomorrow, so you'll have the last two first-round picks In the lineup on the same night, Puyo Yarvi obviously, uh, you know, has, again, limited sample size, but has struggled to find his way as an NHL player. He's still very young, obviously. And I wonder, too, what the line combinations will be. Mm -hmm. You know, do you you give Yamamoto another look with Nugent Hopkins and Jokinen, or do you leave Puyo Yarvi there? He's been skating with them, and, and maybe Yamamoto's on another line.
4: I, I think you give Puarvi this spot there mm-hmm. uh, just to give him an opportunity to, to be better than he was the last game uh, and then if because if he does not have success there if you put him with a you know a couple guys that aren't going to be here or fourth line type of players, and after training camp, well, you didn't do what you are supposed to do. Well, I really didn't get a chance to play with the players that I was expected to play with. So you put him with Nugent Hopkins and see how he does. If he has a good game, well, all right, that's good. Now we got a healthy competition. If he struggles or if he's not noticeable, you're like, well, we've got another right-handed shot player who is outplaying you. So I, I think what the Oilers have now is they have depth. They've got good players that will not make this team. Whereas in years gone by, they were bad te- bad players that did make the team. So I-, I think that the Oilers are pretty excited about where the Yamamoto puts them because now they've got uh, competition amongst players in high ranking spots.
3: Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three is the open line. It's ten two. The Oilers beat the Canucks five three here at Rogers Place. We'll welcome Alex to the show to get the calls going. Hey, Alex, thank you very much for calling. Go ahead.
2: Hi, how's it going? Doing well. Good. Well, that was exciting tonight. I love the call. And uh, you and Stauffer there sure had it going tonight. Pretty excited about Kaler Yamamoto. I was in Penticton here, and I watched uh, the first and third game there. And, uh, yeah, what can I say? It's, uh, you know, years gone by. You know, you'd have uh, the preseason, and you are wondering who was going to be in the lineup and with this and that, and a lot of question marks. and you know, you guys just hit it on the nose, there's lots of depth, eh?
4: There, there is. There, There's depth and quality depth. Depth that yeah. positions first and second line positions, which the Oilers haven't had before. So there, there's going to be a, a very good, healthy competition here amongst who makes this hockey club, which is only going to make this team stronger.
5: Yeah, and of
2: course, uh, me and uh, probably all of Oilers Nation there is probably wondering about how Pruvy Harvey is going to do. And... Uh, but, hey, you know, uh, look at Yamamoto tonight, and, you know, the uh, the top six, top nine there, they can move around uh, in and out of uh, the up and down the lineup there. And, uh, yeah, hey, what can I say? It's exciting there, and uh, I, I can't wait till the regular season, and I loved your guys' call tonight. Pretty exciting stuff.
3: Yeah, thanks a lot for calling, Alex. We appreciate it. 780-496-0063. He talked about the competition, and, and he said guys can can move around, and, and that's another thing that I, I, is appealing well, Rob, as we move into the season. Obviously, Dry Dreisaitl, they want him to be a center. There's the possibility of him being on on the wing if the Oilers ever need that. Him and McDavid had the amazing connection last year. Uh, you know, Kajula can move around a, a little bit, so... Yeah, you have more options, and and I think too, Packer and getting a couple goals. That's a problem. I mean, he might be the thirteenth, fourteenth forward on the team, but you can throw in a guy like that who can who can shoot the puck, and now he has some experience out of his belt. I, I thought Joey Leleja again gets gets involved. Mm-hmm. You know, he had some scoring chances. Now you can't you need to finish, and and but he gets to the right spots on the ice. He checks well, and I think Rob, what we're seeing in the preseason. And yes, we always say it's only the preseason, but we reference this against the Winnipeg after Winnipeg too. The Oilers play a certain way. There's, there's a standard that the coaching staff and the veteran players have in place. And we, talk, we talked about this a lot last year as the Oilers started to become a better team and move up in the standings. If you play for Todd McClellan, everybody checks. Some guys have different skill sets. McDavid can go end hand. Drysital can pass it on the backhand. Obviously, not everybody is capable of that in the NHL. But if you play for the Edmonton Oilers, you check. You get in the right spot. You compete for the puck. And if you you won't win every battle, but if you lose a battle, you don't lose it cleanly. You get involved and, and you delay what the other team wants to do. So you so your line mates can get in place. And you know I think you look at even how Yamamoto plays, how Laleja plays. They play that way. They, you know, they have some ability. Yamamoto has some ability, but you still got to go out there and check, and the Oilers are doing that.
4: Well, the Oilers play with a tenacity and a compete that I don't think they've always had in this organization. Uh, they, There's no give up. They, there's accountability, and those are huge things. I think the biggest one for me, though, is the accountability, and we've seen, you know, Todd McClellan bench veterans including stars. Taylor Hall got benched in a period a few years ago. Jordan Eberle's had his ice time cut when he was here. Those guys were the stars of the team. Benoit Pouliot last year sat in the press box. That's a, you know, a, a seasoned vet sitting in the press box because of silly penalties. When you play for a coach, the biggest thing you want is you want accountability. If you're a guy that's playing on the third or fourth line, if you are being held to a certain standard, well then, the guys on the first and second line have to be held to the same standard or you're going to have uh, a a, a Fisher in, in the dressing room. Because guys are, well, why does he get away with that? There's not that in this dressing room. Everyone is held to the same accountability. They all have to do the right things. And when you have the whole team pulling the right way, you're going to have success and you have the coach holding you accountable, but what I've seen with this team over the last year and a bit is you have the players holding each other accountable, and that is one of the things that Peter Shirelli went and did. He brought in players that will hold each other accountable. You look at a Milan Lucic, a Patty Maroon, guys that are going to stand up and say, you know what, that isn't good enough. And then obviously you got a captain, you know, who is the best player on the planet that also does all the little things right as well.
3: the Oilers beat Vancouver tonight. The shot's 33-27, so Laurent Brassois making 24 saves on 27 shots. We'll talk about his game as we move along tonight as well. Our phone number is 780-496-0063, and we'll bring Steve onto the line. Steve, thank you very much for calling.
2: Guys, very entertaining product tonight. Thank you very much. I have a comment I want to make about the uh, goaltending situation. In my humble opinion, in order for us to make it to the second, third, or fourth round of the playoffs this year, we're going uh, to have a need for a bulletproof second man. And tonight you guys were mentioning seriously that Brassois uh, was having trouble seeing the puck. You mentioned it several times. So um, do you think we should pull the pin on this guy? You've been watching him for a couple of years. You guys are experts. We don't have a third man. And I'll just listen to your comments off air. Thanks very much.
4: Uh, no, I don't think you pulled the pin on it. You got an investment in this, this young kid. And, um, I mean, his goals against average last year in the National Hockey League was 1.99. Now, is he that good a goaltender to have that, an under two goals against average in the NHL? No. Um, tonight, I think that he probably would want one back, maybe two back. If you go around the National Hockey League, you're not going to find a goaltender that is... Uh, a stud that's going to play as a backup on your team. There's teams in the National League that don't have a starter that's as, as good as they need them to be. Uh, you're not going to see what Pittsburgh had last year with Fleury and, and, and Murray being able to go as a one-two punch. As you saw this year, Fleury's gone. They don't have that anymore. So it'd be great if you had a, 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 a seasoned veteran backup that you could count on, but I don't know if that's out there anyway. So, no, you go with Bressois and you hope... That, uh it is the guy that you have and then you reevaluate if, if if it doesn't work out but right now that is plan a and I say he's continue with it
3: yeah I I think they're gonna give him a chance eight appearances last year so he didn't play a lot but he, he generally did the did the job he 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 had to do in in those games so yeah I mean like like you said you can you can talk about some of the goals uh, tonight. I mentioned 24 saves on 27 shots. Uh, to be fair, he also made a couple of important saves. Breakaway late in yeah. the game that could have pulled it to within a goal with still four minutes to go. Uh, he made a save, uh, I believe, shortly before, I think it was already one nothing. shortly before the drive title so goal. It would have so, been 2 you know, nothing. yeah. Yeah, so back and forth you go. Talbot's going to carry the load. They need t- uh, Brassois, in my mind, if you look at 20 games, That's on average. He's going to play every fourth game. He's going to play about every week and a half. So you need him to go in there and be steady.
4: Yep, just steady. Not spectacular. You're never going to have a backup that's spectacular because if he was spectacular, then he'd be a starter somewhere. So, just give him an honest effort
3: and a chance to win. It's 10-10. The Oilers win 5-3. We'll go back to the phone lines in a couple of minutes. Right now, let's go downstairs for GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine diesel parts at wholesale prices. Here's the coach, Todd McClellan.
5: Todd, I guess uh, we'll start with Kyler Yamamoto. What can you say about how he's adapted to this level of play and are you surprised by how well he's playing right now? Not surprised
1: because we knew we had a very intelligent, highly skilled player coming in. Um, the adaptation part goes with the smart part. He knows how to use his his size and his ability to, uh, to play with his size um, quite well. And, and he... I think the more structured it gets, the better he plays. Um, He can anticipate where players are, and he plays better with higher-end players. So um, as camp dwindles, we expect him to even get better. Now the competition's going to get a little bit better too, so we'll see how it goes. But uh, he continues to uh, push for a spot.
2: That position, the, the one-timer, the right-hand shot, one-timer off the left side, you searched for that last
1: year. Letest, you founded, became your guy, helped the team yep. a lot. He appears to have that same skill. Does that make him more valuable? Uh, it does. And, and um, you know, we did search and we found Tess to to fill that hole. Uh, we'll need somebody on another unit, whether that's Strom or Puliarvi, Yamamoto, Yokinen um, as a left handed shot, but somebody to play up in that area. And, and um, it'll take us a while to settle in um, with that secondary unit. Um, the good thing about it is everybody wants to play there, so they'll be pushing each other, and there'll be uh, some accountability for. Um, uh, or competition not accountability competition amongst that group and uh, we're anxious to see it happen anytime that there's a guy I'm gonna that's Yamamoto is smaller um, what do you notice about his ability to handle opponents that are bigger older stronger that sort of thing and maybe outside of the offense the elements in his game that you're that you're learning about well, he's getting he's getting more confident so that helps him um, but his uh, his escapability um, his awareness, spatial awareness of, of um, where he can escape to is strong. Um, his ability to play uh, with good body position defensively. He doesn't have to be overly strong. He can be uh, uh, well positioned and he's got great anticipation skills. We've been using him killing to test those a little bit. And uh, he's done a good job in that area. So, um,
6: you know, keep on going. Keep doing what you're doing. That's all, all we tell him. Uh, Packer and in, uh, two goals. He talked about wanting to shoot the puck a lot more. I just talked to him in the room there. He's he said that's what he's focusing on. Uh, what do you, do you like that about his game, that he's willing to shoot more? Yeah, I'm, I'm happy
1: for Pack because he had obviously a tough year last year. Um, and he he knows he's competing for, for ice time, maybe not a job, but ice time. And... Uh, he showed up today and he competed really hard. The, the two goals were great. He's got a tremendous shot, but the competitiveness in his game, uh, playing hard all over the rink, getting the pucks in and out when he needs to, uh, the battles on the penalty kill—those were all noticed as well. Um, the two goals are icing on the cake for him. You've,
2: it's still really early, and the
1: competition isn't what it's going to be. But you got Kara putting in some goals. You got Packer in and scoring some goals. The test too, like. You know, guys that are bottom six forwards, I guess you would say, just seem to be, you know, producing, I guess, right now. Is that is that a positive sign, those guys that are being in around that fourth line? Yeah, that's a positive sign. Um, it is, it's nice that they get rewarded. Um, you know, will they be able to score at that pace? They may not get as many opportunities during the year with ice time and, and you get your regular lineup in. Uh, but they are producing right now, and that's a nice thing. I think we have to look um, at the types of teams we're playing against and how they're constructed. The the toughest competition, in my opinion, was in Winnipeg the other night when they dressed a big lineup. Um, obviously, Vancouver has their their NHL group over in China, so it was a bit of a different game tonight for us. But I think the next few nights we'll see a uh, more of an NHL-type atmosphere than a uh, junior American League-type thing, and, and um, then the players will really get
3: tested. All right, that's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. They win 5-3 tonight over Vancouver. Yamamoto with two, Rinan with two, Dreisaitl also scored. Dreisaitl with a goal and an assist tonight, and he also was 18 out of 24 in the face-off circle, which uh, isn't half bad. And uh, Yamamoto had four shots on goal. Packer Inn had five, four shots each for Ovitu and Joey Laleja. Some of the stats, highlights for the Oilers. And, uh, I mean, Todd pretty much summed it up. Yamamoto, intelligent, goes to the right spot, and the, the competition level will likely increase here as we move through the preseason. Odd situation for the Canucks with so many guys in uh, China. We'll see what the Jets bring tomorrow, but I mean, it sounded to me like he's going to get another shot right away tomorrow night.
4: Well, I, I would think so, as they want to see if he's capable of playing at this level back to back. Uh, what is fatigue levels going to be like? It's, he, he's a smaller player, so there's always going to be questions. You know, is, is he ready yet for this level? Um, bigger team, good hockey club. See if he can continue with the with, with the production that he's had. To me, he would be in almost every game for, for the remainder. Pooly will be in almost any game for the remainder. Those are the guys that you really want to know. Are they going to start the season here? Are they capable of it? Do they need more seasoning? And the only way you're going to do it is if you see them night in, night out. So I would expect the two of them to play a number of games until the coaches decide either yes or no.
3: Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three will bring Tony onto the open line. Tony, good to hear from you. Go ahead.
5: How's it going, boys? Doing great. So I've been watching, uh, I, like I've been watching every uh, preseason game I can that the internet's letting me. Honestly, in my opinion, like this, Taylor Yamamoto, I was. Kind of skeptical at first because he was a higher pick in the in the draft. but in my opinion, if the oilers don't get, like from what I've been hearing, the oilers can give him a nine game kind of contract to see okay, is he gonna work out or not. I think if the oilers don't sign into that nine game contract, that'd be the biggest mistake because he may be small, but I have not, but he gets into the dirty areas, and that's one thing that we desperately need. What do you
3: guys think? Yeah, well, first of all, the, he has an entry-level contract. The way it works is a, a, a player in his a, – a, a new player can play up to nine games in the NHL before the first year of his contract takes effect. So the Oilers could play him for nine games, say, okay, cool, now you go to Spokane, and then when he comes to camp next year and makes the team, he's in year one. If he were to play 10 games, 11 games or more – and then he was went to junior. Then he would already have burnt the first year of his contract. So that's so it, it's not a nine game contract. It's part of the rules for for uh, entry levels. And, and maybe that's the case. I mean, if he keeps scoring and producing, <laughs> it <laughs> is better than some of the other right wingers. Then how do you look at him and say, well, we're not even going to let you play a regular season game? That's what I was saying earlier. That's why it's no lose to me with him. Yeah. The way it- he's, and to
4: him, it's, it's every shift he steps on the ice. i got to impress. If I impress, I'll get a second shift. If I impress again, I get another game. And then try to work his way. I, I, I think for he, every day he, he wakes up and says, all right, here's one more day to prove that I belong. And I'm going to go out there and do my best. And if I get another opportunity, I'm going to prove it again. So, uh, again, he, he's been fantastic. It has been a small sample size. It's three exhibition games. Tonight was not a, a, a quality National Hockey League team. Having said that, he looked excellent out there on the ace, and we're going to get another opportunity to see him again probably tomorrow night. All right,
3: Oilers win at 5-3 over Vancouver. If you're on hold, stay there. We're getting to you. You're also going to hear from Eero Pakarinen, who scored twice tonight. Leon title had a goal and an assist. 5-3, the Oilers take it. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre.
0: Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. This is the Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 6.30 chair. And starts the other way for the Oilers.
3: He shoots and scores! The roll
2: Packer Riddin with about a 55-foot wrist shot off the right side.
3: Packer and in in with two, Yamamoto with two, Dry with one, and the Oilers beat the Vancouver Canucks 5-3. They're 4-0 in the preseason. They're going to be right back at it tomorrow night against Winnipeg. We'll have it for you on 6:30 Chad, 5:30 for the face-off show. The game will start at 7. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. 780-496-0063 is how you reach us. We have Bob standing by. Hi, Bob. Welcome to the show. Hey, Bob, go ahead. Bob, do we have you? One last chance. All right. We don't have him. Well, I think we have Mike from Ottawa, though, who gives us his first call of the new season. Mike, how's it going?
5: Not bad. How's it going, Reed? How's it going, Rob? We're doing great. Uh, thanks, Rob, for filling in for Jack. Hopefully everything's going fine with the family there. And I uh, just wanted to say this year, you know, it's I have to adjust because um, living in Ottawa, the two-hour time zone, it's pretty late over here, so I got the body has to get used to getting a little bit less sleep you know but this year i'm pretty pumped i mean to look at everything that's gone on we started with first overall with halsey and then first overall nuge and then yak and we kept thinking is this going to work is this going to work and then we got nurse and then locked out with dry third overall because he'd probably go first or second if we did a redraft and then all of a sudden you know we got um Pugliarvi and then yamamoto now and the wave played tonight and then of course i missed someone McDavid. Like so when you put all this together i think uh it's a pretty good year coming up, and I had a couple extra pots tonight, enjoying the game, and cannot wait for the mm-hmm. first game for the uh, regular season. Boys, have a good night.
3: Yeah, thanks. Well, yeah, it'll, it'll be a lot more uh, intense, and obviously uh, the stakes will be higher when we get into the regular season. Calgary's here for the first game on October 4th. But uh, the, the, the high-end guys are coming through. Dry, I mean, he made an interesting comment there. It was uh, Ekblad, Reinhardt, Seidel Bennett. Now, Aaron Ekblad's really good. He's so if very, very and good. I mean, a defenseman that good. So I think he's going to have a pretty good career in Florida. But a Dryslede has been the best of the three forwards who went two, three, and four. Dryslede going third overall for sure. You know, but we've seen the value of getting a defenseman, even someone like Larson coming in who doesn't yep. have a lot of offense. But you see the value of having a big, strong defenseman back there. I mean, we the first time we saw Ekblad play in person for Florida. You and I were both like, "Is he secretly played 500 games in the NHL? (laughs) He looked so, so solid out there.
4: Solid, and he looked um, confident. And you don't see a lot of young defensemen come in with the confidence. You have him play with the confidence that he had. He's an excellent hockey player, and I think that both the Florida Panthers and the Edmonton Oilers are very excited about the players that they got in that draft. Uh, Leon Dreisettle again tonight. I mean, this is uh, it's a, not a nothing game, but the importance of this game is very low when you look at the games that Leon's played. Yet every time he touched the puck, he makes things happen. And what I really love about him, and the one player that I saw do this firsthand a lot was Jaromir Jäger, where Leon has the puck, he invites the defender. Come at me so that I can brace myself against you. I knock you back a a little bit, and then I go. And Leon does it time and time again. He's so big and strong. And then when he creates that separation by hitting the guy coming to hit him, it allows him to make the plays that he's capable of making. And as we saw tonight, forehand, and it doesn't matter. He passes just as well either way.
3: 5-3, the Oilers win as we check the advantage trailer rentals scoreboard. Ducks lead the Kings 2-1 late in the third. Johnny Goudreau scores twice for the Flames in their 4-2 decision over the Coyotes. Islanders edge the Rangers 2-0. Toronto shutting out Buffalo 3-zip. Lightning, uh, Lightning down the Predators 3-1. St. Louis wins 4-0 in Washington. The Penguins over the Blue Jackets 4-3. CFL tonight. Coming up to halftime, BC leading Hamilton 11-8. Earlier, Winnipeg drubbing Ottawa 29-9. Let's go down to the Oilers dressing room for GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine diesel parts at wholesale prices. Two goals tonight for your it.
6: Well, you're, I know it's just the preseason, but always nice to take care of business.
7: Yeah, of course, of course. It's nice to course, score some goals. And uh, my first game this year wasn't that easy. So I, I felt much better today. And I was shooting the puck a lot. And I got two. So that's that's a good thing. But like you said, it's only preseason now. And uh, I want to build build on, on my performance and uh, play on the regular season games too. Well, strong performance for yourself. You mentioned shooting the puck more. Is that something you're really trying to work on this preseason? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My first game, I, I think I only had like one shot. I just try to try to shoot everywhere. I think I have pretty good shot and uh, just have to shoot everywhere and uh, get to the net. And I think then I got, got some more goals. And you're lying there with uh, Kelly Yamamoto, a lot of chemistry tonight. Yeah, we had a lot of chemistry. We we were a lot, uh, talking a lot about things this morning some some things defensive and offensive things and i think those are very good two two very good players and i i like to play with those guys
6: a little bit different players i mean kelly's a veteran and yeah. you have yamamoto the young player but lots of skill as well so oh, yeah. well, what's it like playing with those guys
7: i think kelly is like more he takes a take a face out he wins almost every face out and that's a big thing for our line and uh, he's uh, like the older guy stays stays back when me and Yamar are going maybe a little bit harder. So I think that's a very good mix. Thanks, Eero. Thank you. Reid, that's your Pacorinen.
3: Thanks a lot. Brendan Ulrich working in the Oilers' room tonight. Eero Pacorinen talking about shooting the puck. We have seen that from him in the past, that he does have a pretty good shot. He hit Cam Talbot up high mm-hmm. in the morning skate today, which was a bit of a, a frustrating moment for for Talbot. But, but Pacorinen, you talk about the competition being in the mix. I mean, he's never really... Been a full-time NHLer, injury in, I think it was that game in Vernon last year. He got yeah, he got hurt, so. and that kept him out for a long time. So, you know, fourth-line guy, uh, fill-in guy who has, uh, you know, a strong attribute to his game with that shot, so can't
4: hurt. It, it can't. Now, players like this, and I've learned throughout my career, players like this, it's great you score a couple goals in, in preseason and, and you feel good about yourself but the coaches, they're looking at the other things. Mm-hmm. They know, it and Todd talked about it. You know what? They're not going to have the opportunities that they have in ex- exhibition games. They're not going to be put in the position where they're going to be on the power play, where they're going to get five, you know, 18 minutes or whatever he played tonight. So they've got to be very detail oriented. If you're going to be on a third or fourth line, you got to get pucks out. You got to get pucks in deep. You got to make sure you're in the passing lane, block shots. Those are what they they look at because the goals are not expected from them, but you got to make sure you do all the little things, all the detailed things, and I thought Pac-Rannon was very good at that again tonight, too. I,
3: and I think we'll get, we'll get to this after the news break. We'll talk about Chris Kelly as well. He is on a professional tryout contract, contract hoping to stick around as a depth forward for the Oilers. We'll discuss that. We have more time for your calls, 780-496-0063. You can also text six thirty six thirty, and you'll hear from Leon Dreisaitl, who racks up two points tonight. The Oilers beat the Canucks 5-3. We're back after after the news. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast this Center. This
0: is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 6.30, Chad. Kajula cuts, swerves into the
2: left side now. Waits for reinforcements. He got stripped, and Vancouver might have a breakaway. It's Jake Bertanen on his backhand. Great save by Laurent Brassois.
3: Persuola making that stop with about four and a half minutes left. It preserved a 5-3 lead for the Oilers. That's the final tonight as they beat the Vancouver Canucks to go to 4-0 and in the preseason. Four games remaining in the preseason for the Oilers tomorrow. They host the Jets. They host Carolina Monday. They play Carolina again in Saskatoon on Wednesday, and then they're in Vancouver to close it out. Next Saturday night, we'll have every game for you right here on 6:30. Chad. Also next Saturday, don't forget we have the Eskimos and the Blue Bombers. That game will be on Kissing Country 103.9. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. You can call 780-496-0063. Hey Rob, we finally had a fight. We did. Finally had a fight. We did. Did you believe
4: how long it took? Well, it's it's not a fighting league anymore. And the teams that we've been playing, well, especially tonight, I'm not sure there was a lot of fighters on the Vancouver Canuck team, but uh, there were was a little bit of aggression late in the hockey game with uh, Keegan Lowe and, uh, behind the net. and But it just, the exhibition season is different than it used to be. It's, uh, players try to show up and show their toughness, but those type of players are, are no longer needed or no longer... Uh, in the National Hockey League, and now that you've got to be able to play, and everyone right now is one of showing what they can do skill-wise instead of showing what they can do by clubbing someone over the head.
3: Yeah, it's it's interesting, and we, we I mean, anybody, especially Canadians, we all know there's kind of less fighting every, every year. Uh, I don't think it's ever going to leave the game. Mm-hmm. I, I think I, I understand, and most people understand why it's there, whether you, whether you like it or not, and we get into that discussion yeah. sometimes with, with listeners. Um, but... You, you, I mean, you made a point the other night, Rob, that there's always someone waiting to take your job. And if you have an off night in the preseason or a sloppy practice, you know, unless you're an established player, there's somebody else pushing you. And maybe if you were a guy drafted two years ago, if you're not any better than a guy who was just drafted, he's going to have an advantage because he's yep. a little younger. And even I, I, even in that sm- the small picture of what happens in a game, do you want to spend five minutes in the, in mm-hmm. the penalty box and miss three shifts when well, somebody's going to get your spot. Well, what happens
4: if you go spend five minutes and sometimes with the, the way the whistles go it turns into a seven, eight-minute penalty box sit for you, someone's taking your spot on your line. What if while you're doing that, that guy scores a goal or gets a big hit or dives in front of a shot? Mm-hmm. You've just lost an opportunity to show what you can do. Um, especially a lot of these guys, I mean, there's no real true fighter. In the lineup, right? Tonight. Someone who that's that's his only thing he's got to do. So you got to be able to prove you can play in the National Hockey League. You don't have a guy sit on the end of the bench and, and open and close the door and then once or twice a game go out to settle things down. You've got to be able to play the game. And everybody that's up here right now, you see, they're trying to make this team trying to move up in this, the lineup in this team, trying to make the American Hockey League team try to become a guy that will be called up from the American Hockey League. You've got to show what you can do, and you can't do it sitting in the penalty box. Now, there's a time to step up for your teammates. It right, will happen. And that will happen. But don't go out to fight just to fight because you're missing an opportunity in that time to show that you can play.
3: Uh, and I think that's that's a good way to put it. And, and I, you know, I talked to Jerry Fleming in, in Penticton about it because... Uh, I have seen some Penticton games with a lot of fighting. The Oilers games were pretty quiet there this year. And Jerry said, we tell players, play tough, play hard, play to the whistle, and protect your teammates. So there there may be the occasion when, when it happens. But you're right. I, I think the days of somebody going out on the ice and saying, I'm just going to grab the first guy I see who, thinks, who I think this might be an equal fight with and, and force him to fight me that's probably gone from the game well
4: it's funny we did an event uh fernando and i this summer in slave lake and wayne gretzky came and spoke and they actually asked him about fighting are they going to eventually take fighting out of the nhl he said no but what he sees and what he thinks will happen is players in junior are going to fight less so when they get to the national hockey league they're going to fight less and eventually fighting will fade out that way they won't ever make a rule but they're, all these players that are coming out of the junior ranks or the college ranks are so skilled and so good nowadays that they're going to come to the National League and there's not going to be a guy that's had a fight in junior had a fight right. so, it's so, unfamiliar. So, yeah. so it's not like something that oh in junior because when I play in junior I mean five on five brawls were the norm right so everyone warm up knew, yeah well he yeah, all the time they eventually <laughs> had to stop have, having us warm up at the same time he had to warm up separately so it, it's different now and these kids coming up have never been in a fight so why are they going to start at the National Hockey League level
3: yeah that's that's a good way to put it for sure the Oilers win five three over the Vancouver Canucks tonight good game for Yamamoto two goals he has four in three games. Packer in scores twice. Seidel also on the score sheet. Uh, Keegan Lowe had a goal disallowed about uh, seven and a half minutes into the game. He followed up a rush, got a rebound, and shot it into the net. And I got to admit, I didn't even realize the net had a Neither little bit come I. off until they, they showed the replay. The net was off one of the pegs when the puck crossed the line. I double-checked the rule. It It does allow for a, a referee to grant the goal. If a defender was the one that lodged the net off, it was kind of instantaneous or just after the puck was shot or just before the puck was shot. And and, uh, and it would have gone in anyway, obviously, yep. within the the confines of the net. That was the case in that we're not going to nitpick too much here in the preseason. I, it should, I think it should have counted. There was no review uh, tonight it was a Canuck defender didn't do it on purpose. He nope. slid into the post yep. and it, it jarred the net off just a little bit. So a tough break from uh, Keegan Lowe who's here as a you know a depth defenseman likely to play in Bakersfield and I thought he did he did, he did a pretty good job tonight
4: well I, I think what Keegan does and, and he probably due to the fact that he he's got professionalism in the in the family, he plays to his strengths. Keegan's not a guy that's going to take the puck and try and dangle someone and go up the ice and, and create offense that way. He's a guy that's going to get pucks out. He's going to make a good first pass, jump in when he has to. And the biggest thing about Keegan Lowe, from what I've seen when he was with the, the Oil Kings and what I've seen here this little bit, is he's aggressive. He, I mean, his father was aggressive. His father wasn't a monster of a man, but he played like one. And Keegan does, too. I I don't think he shies away from anyone out there. And he he realizes that if he wants to be a professional hockey player, he's not going to do it by being a defenseman that scores 20 goals. He's going to be it by a defenseman that understands his role and plays it to perfection.
3: 5-3, the Oilers win. We got a text here from Craig. He says, uh, didn't see the game tonight. Sounds like Yamamoto did well. Nice to see these young guys have to come in and earn a spot instead of It being given to them, like Hall, Nugent, Hopkins, Yakupov, to name a few. I personally believe that an 18- or 19-year-old is just physically not ready for the NHL. I believe the risk of injury is too high. Hall, Nugent, Hopkins, McDavid, all injured in their first year, for example. Great that he's turning heads, but a few more years of physical development and maturity, there are no limits, no reason to rush him. That is a text from Craig to 630-630.
4: I agree with a lot of what he said. Uh, I, I disagree with the fact Hall earned his shot. Hall deserved to be here that year. He was a man. Um, uh, Connor McDavid earned his shot. Yeah, you weren't going to send, gonna him, send, back send the him back. You weren't going to send him back. I do believe that Nugent Hopkins may have benefited by going back for another year of junior. Neil Yakupov probably would have benefited by going back for another year of junior. Uh, and then with this young man that we have right now, it's I, I, I think that the Oilers are good enough that they can play without him this season. But if he comes in and beats players out of the spot, He's in a different position than McDavid and Nugent Hopkins were. They were on bad teams, and it was very easy for them to come in, but then there was a lot of pressure on them because they had to carry the team. If Yamamoto comes in here and makes this team, he's not going to have to carry the team. He's got players that are, uh, who are the stars in the, not only on this team but in this league. He'll be able to come in and play just as a role with a lot less pressure than those players had. Having said that, it's only been three games. And he has not yet played against true NHL teams playing at true NHL pace but he's done everything he's needed to so far. Hopefully he'll continue to to show that he's capable at this level and he makes a decision hard for the team.
3: So the Canucks being coached by their AHL coach, Trent Call, because Trent Green, their NHL coach, is in China with the rest of the roster. Scott Johnson down in the Canucks dressing room with Trent Call.
8: There was some good moments and then, uh, you know, just the new, with those new rules, obviously there's a lot of, a lot of power play, a lot of penalty kill. Um, you know uh it's just a matter of time with the power play like that they got some pretty decent players out there right so um but i thought we we hung in there for a bit and then it was nice to see our power play get one as well early so um they were uh just overall the thoughts you know that they had some some significant I guess time you say spent in zone but I thought our guys were you know they were, they kept they kept at it we we're a little kind of resilient we hung in there there's some we went through some tough stretches but we we bent but we didn't break and uh, you know we we're you know pretty close to making a game out of it there too near the end we see that so often in hockey, too. You guys did well to make it a 3-2 game, and within a minute, they've established that lead again. Yeah, that was a tough one. You know, we come out here to have a good start, and I was I was like, great, you know, and we got that goal. I was like, okay, now we're, we're in this, you know, and so that was uh, so it was, just, it was tough, but we battled back again, you know, but, I mean, then that hurt, too, on the PK. I thought we we didn't do a good job with our PK there, and they scored within, you know, 10 seconds on the start of that. So, but, um Yeah. What do you think it does for so many of your young guys to match up and test themselves against Dreisaitl and Lucic? So, yeah, Um, just uh, me, I've been very fortunate to have this situation, and I think the players have too. Like how often do guys come to NHL camp and really have like a split squad who goes to China and have another group to sit here to play that much to get this experience, to get that exposure? It's been, I think, a great opportunity for our team organization to be able to assess their players because we've really got a good chance to see them kind of in the fire, so to speak.
2: You mentioned the new calls. When it was explained to you coaches originally on the faceoff. it's a bench minor, it's not thrown out given a penalty to the guy who actually does the infraction. How is that explained to you?
8: Uh, it's just the idea that they have the infraction, and you, they put up the warning, right? But you don't even, they don't even kick the guy out either, right? Like, he could stay in there, but if it happens again, then that's when it's the automatic penalty. So, at that instance, what ended up happening is we, we lost our centerman, they kicked the centerman out. Laplante, who's not normally a centerman, goes in there, and unfortunately, you know, that, so it's just, I think it's too, it's just uh, probably a little bit of an experience for us, but then also, too, you know, here's a guy who's just playing his first game tonight, and probably wasn't savvy with all the rules of that too. So,
2: You touched on the opportunity for some of the young players to test themselves against NHL vets. Was there anyone that
3: Stood out for you that did well under some pressure from some of their top guys. I thought we we like
8: speaking like there's been guys who've had different moments throughout the week, you know. So, but I thought like today, you know, I thought Rodine had a, a bit more like some composure with the puck. Um, I thought Chaput was a guy who you know is is, is kind of a of steady Eddie kind of looking guys. The, the biggest, uh, I guess, you'd say, surprise for me is probably on the back end. Like I've really liked uh, Brisbois and Chadfield. I thought those guys. I know they're younger guys, and I you know Padanas had a solid effort the last couple of games at home but I thought those guys were pretty young guys, and I thought they've hung in there and had a pretty good week. Is there any update on Cole Castles? I'm Going to take him home, see our doctors, and then kind of go from there. He's got an upper body injury, but I guess they'll have more specifics following that.
3: Great. Thanks, Scott. Scott Johnson in the Canucks dressing room. Trent Call running their bench tonight. The Oilers win the game 5-3. And, uh, again, you know, not a... a, uh, NHL roster for Vancouver by <laughs> any reason. But, I mean, Anton uh, Rodin, we saw him last year. He's He's got some skill. He scored a goal tonight, and Vertanen is uh, a player of the future for them, too. Well, they certainly hope he is. They, well, they hope. They need, they need him to be. They, they need, need him, him to be. be.
4: Yeah. Um, I thought he had moments tonight that uh, he played very well, but he's got some big steps forward he needs to take if he wants to be a regular National Hockey League player. Uh he, I, I hope he does. I, I mean, he's a guy that I followed simply because he's a Western League guy. Right. Played in the World Juniors. We saw him play there. And the Vancouver Canucks need some of their young players to start panning out.
3: Power plays tonight. That's been a story. The, the, the number of penalties called. The Oilers are one for six. The Canucks were one for five. And we, we always emphasize not every penalty is one of the new slashing ones. I mean, the Canucks shot the puck over the glass. They had, uh, they had too many men. Larson had a holding the stick for, for the Oilers. I, I, again, I, I mean, I, I didn't think on Monday the power plays were interrupting the flow. Yes. And they were mystifying calls. The last two games, there have been more power plays than the average for, for last year for sure. But I, I didn't see, maybe you'll disagree, Rob, I didn't think anything was was drastically out of line with the calls tonight.
4: No, I, I think the last two games have been very good. I think, that, and when we listened to that uh, Steve conversation Walkham, yeah. with Steve I mean he said that maybe some of the refs early were a little over-exuberant with their calls, and, and we saw that because it was the rookie ref that was making all the calls, and the one that we were like, okay, I hope this isn't the whole season's going to be like this. The last two games, I think they made the right calls. And, and I think that, uh, I mean, we've had a couple of the... The face-off infractions, which up here it's hard in the press box. We have no idea what it was called. But then you see it like, oh yeah, he he was supposed to have his feet out. He was warned. He didn't do it. He, it deserved deserved penalties. So no, I thought the refereeing uh, was very good. the The power play obviously is going to be very important at the start of the season, and I would expect the last three games of the regular seat or of the preseason that the Oilers will have. Majority of their team in so that they get their power play working and clicking because we all know how important points are in the first you know two, three weeks of the season, and the power play could get you some of those points.
3: You'll hear from Leon Dreisidel in a couple minutes. The Oilers win five three over the Canucks. You're listening to Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center.
0: Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio.
8: 6.30 chance. And Dreisaitl wins the draw. Clefbaum reverses behind his goal to Larson. He'll try the Oilers' right side. And they dump it up the boards. And here's a chance. It's a breakaway for Leon Dreisaitl. He scores!
3: Big goal for the Oilers. 35 seconds left in the first period. Dry Seidel from Lucic and Kajula. It tied at 1-1. Oilers go on to beat the Canucks 5-3. Let's go downstairs. Leon with Brendan Ulrich.
9: You know, obviously, you're, you're so used to um, the, the things that you've been doing uh, the last couple of years, so it, it might take a little time to adjust to it, but, um, you know, today it, uh, it worked out pretty good. Yeah, some guys are losing their mind over it, but but other guys, I mean, what's wrong with just lining up and drop dropping it fair? well it's not that easy <laughs> it's um, you know for a lot of players or for every centerman, you know face offs uh, is ice time so yeah um, you know you you want to play as much as possible and you know if you keep losing draws um, you know the the coach likely won't won't put you out for a face off again so um, you you have to find a find find the middle a little bit i think and um, you, you know but it's it's you know you, you have to adjust that's yeah. just that's just how it is and um you, you, there's no no way around it really do you find it harder now or easier now that, that it's,
2: yeah.
9: it's it's definitely harder um you know you're not allowed to to get get really in there and um you know dig in there so you, you're a little further away you know your, your strength is on different points now so yeah it's it's a little harder yeah, yeah. I just got a couple
6: ones. Uh, I know it's just preseason, Leon, but a uh, win's a win. Always nice to, you know, take care of business.
9: Yeah, for sure. Um, a win is a win. And, um, you know, I thought we, we had some good moments. Um, also, we, we had some moments that, that we need to clean up or things that we need to clean up. But uh, all in all, um, you know, the win, win is a win.
6: Two games for you, two games for your line with Lucic and Drake. It seems like you guys just continue to build and feed off each other.
9: Yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun playing with them. Um, you know, I like I like playing with both of them. Played with both of them a little bit last year, and um, so you know, hopefully we can we can build off
6: that and, and and you know start start the year off the right way. What did you make of uh, Yevla Moldas' performance? And I know you had some time with him on the power play as well there. <laughs> um,
9: yeah, he's he's good. He's a good player. You, you can tell he he knows where to go and he knows the places to go. He's uh, pretty confident, um, you know, feisty little guy, but plays hard. And um, you know, you, you can see that he understands the game, and, and he's he's got really good hockey IQ. Do you you look like you're making that one-time pass to him even before Kajula gave you the puck? Was that sort of your? Well, you kind of. I don't. I, me personally, I try to try to know where the player is before I before I get the puck. So. Um, you know, I knew he was he was he was somewhere over there. So I uh, happy it was in his wheelhouse. Read that's uh, Leon Drysaddle.
3: Thanks, Brendan Drysaddle gets a goal and an assist tonight. Yeah, he did set up Kyler Yamamoto, 12:38 of the third period power play goal that made it 5-2. The Canucks got a. Uh, well, one with about five and a half left from Jalen Chatfield for Tanner had a breakaway after that. Couldn't beat Brousseau, and the Oilers win at five three. Drysdale also talking about just a different leverage on the faceoffs because now you actually have to obey those lines, so your feet are always going to mm-hmm. be at least a minimum distance apart.
4: And, and as much as you, people say, well, you know, it's it just just stand, put your feet there. Well, when you've done something different your whole life, it's not easy to just change. And the I I think it's going to be different for different players. If you're a smaller player, like it's the, the lines are the exact same distance apart. So a bigger player, it's not going to be that big a difference, but a smaller player, he's got to get his legs way out there. And so it, it, it's not going to be easy. I, I think that eventually the players are all good enough. They're going to adjust to it. But it used to be, You get down real low and you use all your strength. I think there's going to be more now of hands. Uh Guys that are quicker with their hands are going to be the ones winning the face-offs. Something that they're going to have to practice a lot because, as we've seen, the importance of face-offs in a hockey game. And and I think you were the one that said it the other day. This can only benefit the Oilers because they were god-awful at it last (laughs) year. They were the worst in the league, so they're only going to get better. And they can only move up, so hopefully this is a positive for them.
3: Yeah, and you wonder, too, if... If a guy like Chris Kelly, if his face off experience, now I think he was below 50% tonight, um, yeah I mean seven out of 17. but another guy who can take face offs, left shot guy if you need him to spell out there with for McDavid or Nugent Hopkins to take a face off if they're struggling or if you know you could put he and latestu out at the same time in the D zone depending which side the, the faceoff's on and he's on a professional trial maybe that's another little edge that he might have.
4: Well, I, I think the other edge is he has a GM that knows him quite oh, yeah, well absolutely. That's had success absolutely. with him, and that's certainly going to help him out. I, I, I like what Leon's one answer was when he said, you know, face-offs are ice time, and if you don't adapt and if you don't understand how to win face-offs with this new way of doing it, well, they're going to find someone else is going to go out there and win the face-off instead, so... The Oilers were not good at face-offs. Here's an opportunity where everyone is starting fresh. There's a lot of veteran players that now are going back to the basics and back to having to learn how to take faceoffs again. Hopefully the Oilers will be able to adapt to this new rule quicker and become a much better faceoff team
3: than they've been in the last number of years. Oilers are right back at it tomorrow night. They're going to be taking on the Winnipeg Jets here at Rogers Place. 5.30 for the face-off show. The game will start at 7. We expect Yamamoto to play again. We expect Puglia Yarvi to play again. And, hey, I guess we expect McDavid to play because he he didn't play tonight. I I would think so. And
4: I I think you're going to see some very competitive uh, battles amongst players trying to find spots on this team because the Oilers now are a good team that have good depth and they're going to be pushed. This is not it's not as easy to make the
3: Edmonton Oilers today as it was five, six, seven, eight years ago. Rob, we'll see you tomorrow night. Sounds good. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening. Troy Bowler is our engineer here at Rogers Place. You can get more on six thirty. chedcom and we'll join you at 5:30 for the face-off show tomorrow. My name is Reed Wilkins. This has been Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. Your final Edmonton five, Vancouver three. Have a great night.